for joining us for the latest edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series. We've been placing a special focus on safety in the workplace. We all know it's the right thing to do, but it's also a good business strategy. Pattison Agriculture is one dealership that is fully committed to safety, signing a Mission Zero Charter. The Charter is an initiative of WorkSafe Saskatchewan. Pattison Ag has 19 locations throughout Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Arthur Ward, president of Pattison Ag, says this, As an industry, in many ways, we are still in the dark ages when it comes to safety. Our organization has a keen focus on safety and changing our culture and that of our customers. In this podcast, we talk with Aaron Heimbecker, the dealership safety manager, about the components of their program, getting buy-in from the team, and its measurable impact on the business, such as its workers' compensation premiums. Just a little bit of background on myself. So I actually have my OHSP, my NCSO, and working towards my CRSP designations for safety. I started with Pattison in May of 2018, and uh, it was actually the first safety position that really opened up within the company. Uh, They felt it was needed that they could have somebody that would oversee the safety. And uh, so I oversee 19 locations across Saskatchewan and um, part of Manitoba. And basically what they hired me on for was just to develop our uh, extensive safety program, develop some new policies, procedures, just kind of oversee it in general. Basically, one of the things we want to go for is actually to have our core certification, which is basically like our stamp of approval for safety. And uh, it's just a really good certification to have for a company. And then that way, if we ever have to do any work for any other companies or um, sell product to other companies, it just uh, just gives us just a, a good, like I said, that stamp of approval to show that we take safety seriously for all of our employees. Well, who is that certification through? Uh, the core certification is actually through one of our safety associations, which is called the Motor Safety Association. And uh, basically, we're in uh, their, um, they kind of cover us for our rate code for WCB. So what they do is they help us to keep our worker injuries down. And so, of course, they help us to achieve things like your core certification, any training we need, and just to just to help us along so that we can keep our uh, WCB premiums at a, at a lower rate. Can you... Give some description about where safety was in terms of processes and and things being written down. Just kind of what did you start with? Uh, basically, when I came in, I actually was excited because it was kind of, I got to take it from something small and make it huge. They had kind of a little safety booklet per se is where they started with. And uh, they just wanted to kind of just grow from that because, uh, of course, we know we need to be... Um, um, in compliance legislation. So we needed to grow our safety program and, and definitely add some more things to it. So that's, that's pretty much what I came on with, a pretty small little program to start, and it's just been growing from here on. It's been a little over a year, and we already, have, um, we already can see some new policies that have taken place, and uh, we're getting some buy-in, so it's excellent. How was your job defined since it was a new position? You know, how did you go about working with management to define you know, what it is that you do, and, and how do you know um, the metrics for uh, you know, whether it's working? Okay. Uh, basically, when they hired me on, of course, they had to look to see what I had as a background, first of all. Um, I had a little bit of construction experience with my previous employer, and so I kind of knew how I was going to go about this. And basically, what I started doing is I went 
and use my boots and field approach. And what I believe in doing with my position is going out and developing relationships with all of our locations first. Um, basically going out, getting a feel for where we're lacking and what we needed to do to kind of just improve. So with a boots and builds approach, I go to each location, basically go introduce myself to every worker that's there, get kind of a feel for what they're looking for, what they want to see improved in safety, because to me, it has to start basically from ground up with what they're looking for. Once I could get their opinion and get their input and ideas, then I could kind of go from there to see what we could do to help improve our safety. Because what we needed to do was improve our incidents because um, our WCB premiums were too high and we needed to bring them down. So basically going around and developing that relationship first and uh, then um, from there, speaking with our management and just getting them to understand what their responsibilities were in management to help and bring some of these initiatives forward. Uh, from there on, basically, we just started, I started sending out some of the stuff I wanted to see, and uh, which was everything from better incident reporting to some new forms that we developed. And basically, all of these get submitted to our, our safety um, we have a little safety department that we have here and we track everything. So basically we track any incidents coming in near misses, gives us an opportunity to know where we can see um, improvement already and where we can see it needing to be improved. Our biggest thing that we saw was of course our WCB costs were going down. So we knew we were doing something right. So we're, we're happy to see that. Yeah, I, I bet. I'm, that's great to see such you know results quickly. And, so can you dive in a little bit more to some of those programs that you that you put in place? Uh, I know that you had mentioned we talked before about, you know, uh, safety procedures, training, assessments, and, and then especially the mission zero. Yes, for sure. Uh, basically, some of the things that we have brought forth is um, we did sign on to mission zero, became signatories for mission zero, which was um, actually shortly after I was hired, which I was quite excited to be a part of. Um, basically, what that does is it states that we believe in trying to achieve zero injuries, zero incidents, zero suffering. Um, it's a great goal to have. We actually just developed some Mission Zero stickers that we have placed on our vehicles just to show that that is what we are working towards. And uh, so it's just a really good, really good um, program to be a part of. So we definitely keep that in mind and we use that in our, our discussions all the time. Uh, we also have developed weekly toolbox talks with our, our crews. And uh, what I send out is a safety topic every week that they review, as well as any incidents and near misses that have come through the company. We, uh, we discuss them at our toolbox talks. So it gives ample opportunity for people to discuss if they've had something similar to happen or if they have suggestions on how they can prevent it from happening again. It's just a good opportunity for them to just have some discussions. We've actually had some really good safety discussions come out of these toolbox talks and uh, which also helps me develop sometimes new toolbox talk or safety topics because we have good discussions come forth and then we can come up with a new safety topic for the next week. We also, during these toolbox talks, we review any safety data sheets as um, because of our new WMIS regulations, we should be reviewing our SCS sheets. And uh, that's been actually just a good opportunity to have some discussions. And uh, just there's been some different topics that have come up with that as well. And sometimes some 
new stuff that people didn't realize with our uh, our safety data sheets. What what hazards and risks come with using certain products, and how we can we can uh, help prevent people from getting affected by them. Uh, another thing we are doing is, um, as I mentioned, we discuss these near miss reviews. We have near miss cards that our our workers will fill out as soon as there's a near miss. Uh, every and then these are company wide, so it can be anything that happens in the office. It can be something that happens in our parts department or in our service. And so, at any time that there's something that doesn't result in an incident but could have, they fill out one of these cards. Um, with these cards, we track these cards. So basically, we look to see what kind of the main cause would be if it's um, slips, trips, and falls. Then it gets put into a tracking system for slips, trips, and falls. And so then that makes it easier for us to see, it's, it's basically like a leading indicator to see where incidents are coming from. So if we're seeing that it's near misses, then we know, okay, let's focus on that and we can do something before it becomes an incident. So if we know we're seeing a lot of um, almost trips happen, then we know, okay, we need to maybe talk a little bit more about making sure people are picking up extension cords, um, welding cables, things like that. And then you had mentioned working with 19 locations and with these toolbox talks. So do you, is there a designated um, safety liaison at each of the locations? Actually, we actually put our safety topics on our safety managers and they will actually host the toolbox meetings. A lot of times they get um, other workers involved because um, I find a lot of times the toolbox talks, what happens is, is they're all sitting in a lunchroom or sitting there and, you know, you can see people not really paying attention. So sometimes they'll designate somebody from their crew to read it every week and it just switches it around a little bit and gets other people kind of talking and gets people involved. Um, sometimes what I'll do too, I try to attend the odd toolbox meeting and I'll bring up, you know, I'll say, okay, you know what, we're all going to mention a possible hazard that we're all going to come into play, you know, into play in your jobs today. And it just gets everybody kind of involved in the conversation. And, and uh, it, I find that really helps as well. But it is mostly actually our, our supervisors that, that do that. Or it's either our, our, basically our, I would say our, super, our service managers as well as any of our foreman are kind of the top ones that lead our toolbox talks. Okay, and then also with working with those locations when you first started, did you go on site and do you know any kind of kind of baseline assessments about where safety was, or can, can you talk about those early days with the each of the locations? Absolutely, um, because of our we have nineteen locations. Um, a lot of these locations, each of them are different. We have some where they only have maybe. 10 employees and then we have other sites so we've got over 60 employees so I had to go and definitely make that appearance to each of these sites to get a feel for each location and because we're kind of widespread um, that kind of opens my eyes a little bit to where they might be struggling or one location maybe they don't have a fenced off area for their service department so they struggle more with customers coming and walking in on site where other locations might not. So it was just good for me to just get a feel for each location. So what I did was almost like a site visit on each one, snap pictures, um, chatted with um, each of the crews and just kind of got a feel for what they felt they were needing safety wise. Um, and just developing that relationship. They knew I wasn't there to 
for policing because a lot of times a lot of safety officers are considered that they're coming by, they're hiding around corners, snapping pictures of what they think is wrong. I don't believe in that approach at all. My approach is to come. They they see me there. I come say hi to them, shake their hand, ask what they're working on today, and and chat with them a little bit about what we could do. Um, a good example actually is we actually came on one site and did a site visit and I know some guys working without any hearing protection. And there's two approaches you can do. You can walk up to that person and say, you know, you're not wearing your hearing protection. Um, I want you to put that in right now. And I mean, which, yeah, that minute it might work, but when you walk away, they're going to pull them out. Instead, I, I believe in going up to that person and saying, hey, I see you're not wearing your hearing protection. I ask why. Is there a reason why you're not wearing it? And in one of our particular locations, it was because they didn't like the hearing protection they had. So without questioning them, you don't know that they're struggling with maybe the incorrect PPE or PPE that doesn't work for them. And so we were able to find out that oh, they wanted a specific kind of um, ear hearing protection that works better for them. And we got that for them, and now we're seeing them wear it all the time. So it's just basically hearing them out because we got to go right then to frontline workers and find out you know, what, what is it that you're wanting and I'll do my best to work with you instead of me sitting in an office and throwing out what I think you should be doing without understanding your situation or where you're working. So far, Aaron Heimbecker has talked about the importance of having a safety lead and seeking input from the team. For instance, they have weekly toolbox talks to share information and they keep current about any new issues through near-miss cards. Continue listening in as Aaron explains more about working with the locations and with Arthur Ward, Patterson Ag President, and the entire management team. Working with the locations, is it something where you rely on the, on the manager there to, to monitor safety or do you um, go, go on site once a year or how do you maintain kind of that closer connection with each of those different locations? Well, actually, what we have, what I've set a goal for myself when I first started is I said I wanted to do definitely two visits per site per year. Um, and actually, it's been going quite well. And um, I also have two other, one of them is actually a service manager and the other one is actually um, an HR um, person. And I've hired kind of, I don't want to say really hired them on, but they kind of are there as kind of extra safety champions for me. And they help me with the site visits as well. So if there's an area where I can't get to, I can rely on them to do a site visit for me and report to me on how it went. So right now, just because this is fairly new to them, I'm kind of taking a lot of them with me kind of under my wing and we show what we're looking for. And then that way they can go out on their own and do these site visits and report back to me. Otherwise, we rely on our safety committees as well as our service managers to definitely have a part in safety because as our legislation requires, our managers do have their own due diligence and they have responsibilities that they have to make sure they're just keeping up with that. So they can use me as definite help. I'll come out when I need, but I want to make sure that they're also, um, that they're getting the respect from their workers that they know that when it comes to safety issues that they can bring it up and they get dealt with. One thing I, I thought was really interesting too is just, you know, the, the collateral that you that you give to, you know, help document and, and help people make more aware uh, make people more aware of some safety concerns. And one of those was the near-miss cards. And 
So can you talk about those? Yes, our, our near-miss cards are available for all of our workers. They are available for them to use as a, as a card format, or they can actually just fill it out on that. Uh, we have it on our computer so that they can kind of fill it out when they need. And basically what it is, is a near-miss, of course, is anything that's unplanned that could have resulted in an injury or property damage and didn't. And so we want to basically use these as leading indicators so that we can catch an incident before it occurs. So basically all it is is just brief information. It doesn't take them long to fill out. It shouldn't actually take them any longer than five minutes to fill out. And it's just a brief description of what what could happen, where it happened, date and time, and if they notify their supervisor, little like I said, a little description, and what the primary cause of the near miss was. When they submit these in, it gets sent to our safety department. And uh, the nice thing is that with them putting down the primary cause of the near miss, we are able to find out kind of where where that cause is and work at helping prevent that from becoming an issue. So, for instance, if we get a large amount of near misses that we see are focused on an almost hand injury or almost, like I said, a slip, trip, and fall earlier, then we can focus on that and say, okay, we're seeing a lot of lot of near misses that are almost resulting in in possible hand injuries, then we know we have to maybe talk more about what we could do to protect their hands, whether it be a certain type of glove or a different procedure to put in place. And actually, so far, it's been going really well. We have a lot of managers that are, as soon as they get these cards, they're dealing with the situation right away. And uh, it's it's just been working excellent for us. We're seeing a lot more near miss cards coming in. And uh, we do want a little, we're we're just going to be starting an incentive program where if we are getting more near-miss cards being reported, then it almost works as a point system for their location. And then it can work towards bonuses, whether it be, you know, we do like a lunch and learn or, or we come in and provide lunch, do a barbecue for them, just to show that they're being proactive in safety so that they get a little bit of incentive with, with what they're doing for us. I know you try to prevent accidents, but, you know, accidents do occur. So can you talk through right. the process then when when something occurs? Definitely. With our incidents that occur, the way we have, we actually have an incident flow chart. And we have this actually at all locations so they know what to do when an incident occurs. Number one, our goal is to make sure that everyone is notified immediately when this happens. That was a struggle at the, at the beginning just because they weren't used to that. But we are definitely getting better with that. And the way we have is that they give um, my, their supervisor a call as well as myself. And then that way I can direct them to make sure that we are getting the proper paperwork filled out. We have our committees that help with investigations. And as well as we are, we do a little bit of training with what we're looking for with our incident report. We have a fairly detailed incident report. And on that incident report, we go through a little bit of a root cause analysis And what we do with that is because we believe in finding out where our system failed, not so much where the worker failed. Uh, We don't believe in pointing out to the worker, well, you did this wrong, so you're in trouble. That's not our goal is. We want to look where we failed to make sure we can improve our, our system to ensure that our workers are safe. We definitely do a little bit of root cause tracking with that. Uh, We also uh, record all of our incidents to identify any key areas so that we can definitely stop them from occurring. So like, again, kind of like the near-miss cards, if we see that we have a lot of incidents that are head-related or head-related or foot-related, then we know we can focus on that area because, of course, by body part, then we know what we're missing. So if we see a lot of people are getting head injuries, then maybe we're going to have to work towards getting bump caps or things like that. So it just it works a little bit more 
in depth so that we can find out where we can improve our safety program. Um, a lot of times it comes down to procedures because, of course, PPE is considered your last line of defense. So we want to make sure that we're going in and finding out if we can remove that hazard altogether before we're providing PPE. If we can remove the hazard, then PPE isn't needed, right? It's more or less trying to get down to the major hazard. If we can remove it, eliminate it altogether, then we're good. If not, then we bring into things like your PPE and making sure that we have everything else covered. You know, with the processes and especially with machinery and large machinery and, you know, changes in machinery, how do you, um, you know, how often do you review some of your safety processes? just to get an idea of, you know, kind of the scale of effort of keeping current on, on those processes. Well, actually, right now, that is kind of what we're going through right now is developing some procedures. We have some procedures, but of course, it changes constantly with new equipment. So basically, our, our goal is to just go through. We're in the midst of actually going through our procedures right now and improving them because um, they do need to be looked at quite often. I would say we're still in the beginning stages of that. So we're, we're just looking at our procedures now and improving them. And the way we will work with our procedures is if we have and not that we want to use just incidents to help us, but if there is an incident, a lot of times that's a really good time to go over your procedure because there might be something we've missed in our, our procedure that we can improve on. So if we do have an incident occur, it's a perfect time to chat about what's our procedure, how can we improve this procedure, because obviously we missed a step because an incident occurred. So it's not that we always want to use our incidents because then that's using that as a lagging indicator. So we want to make sure that we do, it helps us, but it, definitely trying to review them. I would say as often as we have new equipment coming in, then we got to review our processes. Procedures and policies, they should be reviewed annually with your program. So it is something that we'd like to try and get better at. And then I know a lot of comes from management, you know, having this commitment, this culture of, of safety. And, I, and you had mentioned that you work directly with, with Art Ward. And um, can you talk about uh, how you work with, with him and and uh, how important that is to have that support. Definitely. Uh, I actually wasn't used to that because um, where I came from before, I didn't have direct contact with the, the CEO of the company. It, was, it, just, it just wasn't there, where that's a huge change for me here, and it's, it's been great. It is absolutely normal for me to, if I have a question or I think it's going to affect us, a, a safety thing that I want to bring forth is going to affect us, major, I'll actually talk to him directly. I can give him a call at any time and just chat with him. He's a huge advocate for safety and wants to see us get our workers home safely. Um, our goal is, of course, that our, our workers are going home in the same condition or not better than what they came. So our goal is to make sure that uh, we work towards that and, of course, our Mission Zero. And since he has signed that Mission Zero, he is Definitely, like I said, he's been such an advocate for me, so I can contact him directly. He supports my decisions, or if there's something where we can work, you know, maybe together to come up with a better solution, then we will. Um, but he's been excellent that way. He brings up safety all the time in, in any emails he sends out, um, and anything I send out, he it, it's, it's nothing at all for him to send a follow-up email saying, you know what, let's get this done, let's support, you know, our safety program and get this going. So it's been excellent. I, I have them whenever I need. Um, I don't have to go to them directly all the time, but because I have that relationship with them, it makes things a lot easier and, and smoother when they can see that he's, he's on my side when it comes to safety. I think just the, the one point you made about when you send an email with him just doing a simple follow-up email 
to show you know his commitment yeah. right away. I, that's just a simple thing that somebody can do, and it, yeah, it really has an impact. And one thing I'm always curious about with safety uh, managers: are, are you a person who who is looking around and just kind of seeing accidents that could happen all the time, or kind of can you explain what the mentality <laughs> is for a safety manager? Oh, definitely, and uh, it's 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 actually quite funny because uh, my coworkers feel the same way that I'm always getting. Oh, wait a second, is that safe? So definitely, that's what I see um, constantly. Um, another thing, actually, that we try to do is we try to go and and go beyond just our company. We are involved, and in also actually, just last week we did a, a farm safety day, and it's just a good opportunity for us to try and chat with actually some of the younger. Um, like children out there that are having to deal with even just farm accidents. And so it's good for us just to get out and and try and teach people at a young age or even students that are going into becoming mechanics or, you know, whatever it might be where they could possibly be working for us and just opportunities for us to just talk about safety with them so that we're getting that into their mindset before they even are hired with us. Safety is just becoming a way of the world that we have to we have to open our eyes to it because we don't want to see these injuries happen. And agriculture is definitely one of the last ones to get on board and we want to we want to definitely see that happening with not only our employees but our customers. So we, we do our best to kind of help our customers understand why why it's such a big deal. But yeah, we definitely, I go on my site tours and, you know, it's some of the things you see, it's it's quite funny, but it's uh, it's definitely, it's, it's coming along. I'm seeing better things now when I'm doing my site visits and I don't always let them know I'm coming. And uh, so when I come on, on their site, if, uh, if things aren't in place, they, a lot of times they'll point it out and say, yeah, you know what, we need to fix this before I even say anything. So we're starting to get buy-in, so I'm excited to see that. I think we've covered most of the things I had in mind, but is there anything else that we need to know about safety or anything that you can share with, with dealers about what you're doing there and they might be able to, to duplicate? Actually, one of the things I will say that's been a huge help for me, just where I get a lot of my ideas from, some of them I have developed on my own, but we do have wonderful safety associations that help us out. Like I said, the MSA Motor Safety Association has been a huge help. A lot of our programs online, the CCOHS, um, just and also other dealerships. I have had great response from other safety individuals from other dealerships. And uh, a lot of times we bounce ideas off each other um, because safety information isn't something that you usually hold to yourself. You're always willing to share it because you don't want to see anyone have any injuries on their work site. So our goal is to just kind of work hand in hand with them. So that's one of the things I will say that's been a really huge help for me is just having um, assistance from other people out there that are willing to um, just to help you out a little bit and bounce ideas off of. Thanks to Aaron Heimbecker and the entire Patterson Ag organization for sharing details about how they began, maintain, and keep fresh a safety program. Art Ward president also shares this comment. We have seen our WCB, Workers' Compensation Board, Claims drop dramatically and we'll soon start to see the benefits in our premiums. We are also starting to see more and more of our customers developing their own safety programs on the farm. Those are impressive and rewarding results. Consider adapting Patterson Ag's approaches as you begin or enhance your own dealership safety program. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and dealers. Our podcast is now available on Spotify. It can also be found on iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. 
And if you're not yet a subscriber to our print or digital content, head on over to RuralLifestyleDealer.com and join our community. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening.